Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a show packed full of information pertaining to oil and gas. So you definitely want to stay tuned for the show today. But first, I want to talk about our latest issue of Shell Magazine. Our cover is Kathy Lane, who is the CEO of Suncoast Resources, Inc. I'd like to encourage our listeners to go to shellmag.com, click on the latest issue of Shell Magazine, and learn all about Kathy. Uh, And one of the things that really um, makes me so proud to have her on our cover is the fact that this is our issue that's dedicated to the women in the energy industry. And so there's a lot of profiles on a lot of women that are just really going out there and doing some dynamic things. I'd also uh, encourage you guys, we are having our annual State of Energy in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas on August 29th. Come on down to Corpus Christi, enjoy a little bit of the sea breeze and learn a lot about oil and gas. Um, We are currently right now looking for sponsors and of course ticket sales uh, are going. It will be a sold out event. So if you're interested in coming to Corpus Christi on August 29th and being a part of Shell Magazine's State of Energy and learning all about what's going on in the Corpus Christi area as well as the Permian Basin area, I encourage you to visit shellmag.com, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com to uh, learn more and of course purchase tickets to attend. You know, our show airs in all markets in Texas, uh, primarily in Houston and Austin, San Antonio, Permian Basin area, Corpus Christi. And um, one of, uh, there's a nonprofit out there called Future of the Region of South Texas. It actually is covering 47 counties in South Texas that they look at what is in the best interest for South Texas in areas of transportation, water, oil and gas, border issues, you name it. And this year, their conference will be held in Laredo on September 12th at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. I encourage you, if you want to be involved, if you're living in South Texas, this is a conference for you. Um, And I truly hope that you will get involved. If you um, want to make a difference in where you're living, this is the conference for you to attend. But for more information, visit Future Region stx.org and i hope to see you there but now it's time to bring on our resident energy expert and editor of shell magazine david blackman david welcome hey thanks it's another beautiful day in texas it sure is and another beautiful day in america because we've got a lot to talk about and some amazing things are happening they sure do The first thing that I want to start talking about is a little bit of the political scene that's going on. So we've just had an announcement that uh, the Supreme Court Kennedy is actually uh, retiring as of July 31st. Uh, Talk about short notice. And more importantly, what does that mean for us? Well, it it means a lot of things. Justice Kennedy has served as, you know, kind of the swing vote between the four very conservative justices and 
the four very liberal justices on the court for many years now, although uh, here in this last session uh, of the Supreme Court, it turns out to be his last session, um, he has pretty, been pretty consistently voting with the conservatives on a number of very key issues. So uh, I think what it means is is that uh, President Trump is, is going to nominate uh, a replacement who is probably going to be more down the line conservative vote on the Supreme Court and not be the swing justice that, that uh, Kennedy played, that role Kennedy played in pretty often uh, uh, making 5-4 decisions in favor of the liberal minority on the court. So it, it is going to be a change, I think, in the balance of the court uh, where energy issues are concerned. Probably doesn't have that much meaning, frankly, because our issues very seldom get up there. But uh, things like redistricting and and you know some of these other big decisions that have come down, union dues and things like that, uh, can make a big difference in our society. Well, it seems like we've been on a track for quite some time that it's just been uh, something that we really haven't recognized in America. A lot of uh, more left-leaning policies. Our president, new president, has been challenged every step of the way since he has been in office, and it just seems like, um, you know, finally for once, things are starting to, what he got elected to do, he's actually being able to do, and a lot of it is is through the Supreme Court and paving the way. So, yeah. uh, however, the uh, left is kind of blowing up on Twitter, or Twitter is blowing up with the left's ideas that the the world is, is coming down in... Um, well, the world's always going to end with these people on Twitter. It's amazing. <laughs> um, every day, the world's coming to end about something or other, and uh, strangely, we all wake up the next day and have another day. So, I, you know, it's Twitter's amazing. It's just an amazing place. I don't, I'm not sure if it's good for the country or not. I, I'm on it all the time, though. I, I'm kind of addicted to it myself. Right. Well, me, Facebook and LinkedIn. Well, on a more <laughs> pleasant topic, I want to get into the topic of Eagle Ford Shale. You know, um, Permian Basin is uh, mostly what media is covering right now. It's the big shell play in the United States. But Eagle Ford has been around um, and was producing a lot just four or five years ago, they have a new resource assessment from USGS this week. And they're estimating that Eagle Ford Shell contains about another 8.5 billion barrels Mm -hmm. of oil still yet to be produced and 66 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. So these are very, very big numbers. Put this in context for us. Yeah, they're they're incredible numbers. And and everyone has to understand these are extremely conservative and understated estimates. Because, because again, when, when the government, I've talked about this several times in the past, but when the government does these estimates, they're just looking at, at uh, technically recoverable reserves that we can get out of the ground with current technology, okay? And, and technology in this industry advances every day. The technology we're using today is light years ahead of just 20 years ago. And so 8.5 billion barrels may be half of what we're really ultimately going to produce from the Eagle Ford Shale. To put that in context, the biggest in the lower 48 states, excluding Alaska, where you have the North Slope and Prudhoe Bay and all that, the biggest oil field ever discovered in the lower 48 states that that produced crude oil from a single formation like the Eagle Ford Shale does is the East Texas field, uh, which is obviously in East Texas. And it was since the 1930s, it was uh, the first successful oil was drilled there in 1931, I think. 
it's produced a little over 5 billion, about 5.5 billion barrels of oil in all that time. Well, the Eagle Ford has already produced 3 billion barrels. We passed that mark this year, just last month. Um, and, and so now another 8.5 billion, according to this very conservative estimate, would make it twice as big as the biggest field ever discovered in the lower 48 states. So I mean, it, this is a gigantic number. It's, it's, of course, the Permian Basin has 10 different formations, and a lot more oil than this is going to be produced from the Permian Basin over the next 30, 40 years. But, but from a single formation, this is an unheard of number. It's so massive. It's just incredible. And it's just a, a blessing for South Texas economically and in terms of jobs. And, and so it's just an amazing thing. And the 66 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, again, very understated. That's three years total consumption for the whole country, okay? A single formation in South Texas. So it's a big deal. It's big numbers. It's amazing. And it's just an incredible resource for the country. Nice things are going to continue to happen in the Eagle Ford Shale. So, David, quickly, OPEC and Russia announced that they were going to put another 600,000 barrels of oil on the market in the upcoming months. So uh, oil prices have jumped by nearly 10%. Tell me what's happening. Well, the market reacted because this uh, increase that they're promising just gets them back up to their pre-existing quotas. They had really been underperforming their quotas uh, here over the last couple of months. And so all it does is really bring these OPEC countries and Russia back up to the quotas they were already meeting before. So they're not really adding any new oil onto the market. And with uh, Iran's uh, uh, exports declining and a bunch of outages uh, in other countries around the world, the market's reacting to that. And so the price is, is really ratcheted up over the last week. It's kind of amazing. Well, you know, David, that being said, $70 a barrel, we'll, I'll take it, right? We'll take it. Hopefully we'll continue to see that price all the way up until the end of the year. That's a very healthy price if we could stick at it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. Look forward to having you on next week when we'll be talking energy and politics. Thanks. I look forward to it. And with that, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, David Dickard will join us in studio, who is the head of oil and gas for the Americas with Agreco. And we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. The EIA's weekly inventory numbers were published yesterday and they confirmed the API data from the day before. Specifically, the U.S. saw a massive drawdown in crude inventories last week, shedding 9.9 million barrels. This drop has been fueled by continually growing oil exports, which averaged 3 million barrels per day last week. At a total of 416 million barrels, U.S. crude inventories sit at 4% below the five-year average at this time of year. In other news, natural gas has been on a slow but steady climb in prices and yesterday got close to a 52-week high, ending the day at $3 per BTU. WTI ended the day up $1.62 to close at $72.30 per barrel. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. Hi, 
I'm Kim Pilato, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show and president of Future of the Region South Texas. And I'd like to encourage you to join me on September 12th through the 14th at the Texas A&M International University in Laredo, Texas at the Student Center, where we will be discussing some of the most important regional topics for South Texas. We encourage you to join us September 12th through the 14th in beautiful Laredo, Texas at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. To learn more about this amazing organization or to purchase a ticket to attend the event, please visit futureregionstx.org. Again, that's futureregionstx.org. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickert, the head of oil and gas for the Americas for Greco. And David, I feel that you have helped all of us understand a lot more about oil and gas and how these technologies are coming online that are really helping the oil and gas sector become just way more efficient. So Mm -hmm. you're raising and increasing their profits. But also the company is keeping in mind the importance of also considering the environment at all times. And as we are now on our fifth show, I feel that it has truly become very apparent to me anyways that this is truly what you guys live, eat, and breathe almost is you can do and you can be energy efficient. You can help these operators save money, but you can also help them become greener and, of course, who that's right. a win for all of us. So, no, that's right. That's uh, right. You know, we're all in this together. We all live on the planet together. But today's show is going to be geared around uh, what is going on today in power automation mm-hmm. and how it, power is really affecting the oil and gas sector. Right. So let's begin with telling me what is power automation? So for us uh, and really for the way we impact the industry is um, power automation is using the most efficient means of power in real time based on the demand in real time. So it's really how are you matching the capacity that you have installed to the demand that is needed and making sure that you are at 100% as, as much time as you possibly can be. So we'll get into a little bit deeper discussion on that, but power automation is, is all about driving efficiency. Well, let me ask you about the process of moving produced oil from the wellhead to the gathering facility, which requires pipeline boost pumps, Um, especially in remote locations where utility power is unavailable in the most realistic 
and cost-effective choices for powering these pumps and generators. What are those? Uh, what are those uh, products? Yeah. So. And services. Right. So in this particular application, what you have is you have a central gathering facility for uh, the crude oil. And so all of the different production uh, sites, uh, as oil is being produced, it's, it's all coming to this gathering facility. And these large tanks are filling up with crude. And then periodically at different times, uh, these large pumps will start up and they'll move this crude from these tanks down a pipeline and, and, and take it to, to market, so to speak. So where power automation comes into play with this type of application is that you need a fair amount of power on site to operate the pumps, but when the pumps aren't operating, you, need, you still need power on site, but you only need a fraction of that amount. So... Um, had there been, tell me what was happening before Greco got involved. Is there some samples or examples of sure. what so, was happening? So let's say you need 300 kW on site to operate these pumps. So when the pumps are operational, which is, um, you know, say a couple of hours a day or, you know, eight hours a day, depending on what the, the, the amount of, of crude that's coming to the gathering facility, what that rate is. Um, well, then you're using the capacity of the machine to operate the pumps. But when the pumps aren't operating, um, that 300 kW generator is basically just idling. There's no load on it because all you're operating is um, uh, power for control systems and maybe a few lights here or there. So it's very, very small uh, power draw. But when you say idling, uh, do you mean that these uh it's in it's going at full gear even though it's not necessary right. well, so yeah. it's burning right. what energy it is it's burning more diesel fuel uh it's running in an inefficient state uh you know if you're talking about diesel engines diesel engines operate at their most efficient state when they're when they're closer to a full load capacity so when i say idling i mean that the the generator itself is 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 running. The engine is running at, at full speed. It's just no demand on it, so it's not uh, producing that much electricity. The engine's running at an unloaded state, and uh, it's quite inefficient. Uh, and you're burning diesel fuel for no reason whatsoever. Um, so where power automation comes in is we take that and we automate the site. And when we automate the site, that means that. The, the, the large generator only starts up and runs when the pumps need to run. There's the energy efficiency. Right. Ding, and, ding, ding. And so the, 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 <clears throat> the, the challenge that you have to overcome when you do that is, well, how do you run all the rest of the equipment that need power, that smaller scale type power? How do you operate that? So one of the things that we've done is we've designed a battery system. So we actually operate... Um, uh, all the controls and, and all the, the small power that's needed off battery systems. So when the generator's not running, then we're operating the side off batteries. Interesting. There's also a lot of discussion at the EPA level, right? Um, they're the regulatory arm of the government that regulates oil and gas, especially pertaining to the environment. And um, the Trump administration has come in, I'm not going to get into politics, but they basically have managed to undo a lot of regulation that probably wasn't necessary, and they're still looking at the environment. I want to talk about uh, the Tier 4 standards coming out by the EPA or the EPA has in place. 
when we return from break. And you're listening to In the Oil Patch, and we'll be right back. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Hey, did you know the Port of Corpus Christi is primed to become the energy port for the United States energy industry? Join us for the State of Energy Luncheon. It's going to be August the 29th from 1130 until 1 p.m. at the Solomon Ortiz Center in Corpus Christi. Come early. Network with oil and gas professionals. Enjoy a great lunch. Hear a real energy discussion from industry professionals. It's August the 29th at 1130 at the Solomon Ortiz Center in Corpus Christi. This event will sell out, so log on now and get your tickets at shalemag.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Oil-filled experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. And we're back. Our guest today is David Dickert with Agreco. David, um, before the break, you you were talking about power automation, and I wanted to get into a topic pertaining to uh, new guidelines that are coming in, well, are actually mandates coming in from the EPA um, on uh, Tier Four standards. First of all, what is this Tier Four standards that are coming in uh, and being regulated by the EPA, and how is that going to affect the uh, energy sector? And then, of course, we can get into right. what is Agreco doing to sure. help sure. manage that. Well, it's all about emissions reduction. You know, the important out- topic. <laughs> yeah, it's all about emissions reduction, and it's building diesel engines. And we'll talk about diesel engines uh, with this with this category uh, that have reduced emissions output. Um, so, Tier Four is a is a new technology. I mean, it's it's uh, in a lot of the diesel trucks that you purchase today over the road, and it's uh, where you see a uh, a DEF type a fluid utilized as a catalyst to clean up the emissions that's that's coming off of the engine. And there's a lot of electronics that go around the engine as well to to accommodate the tier four specs. What do you see in the way of technology coming online? Is Agreco doing anything to help the energy industry right. in dealing with the EPA mandate on tier four? Right. Well we're we, we partner with um, engine manufacturers and we're putting tier four engines in, in our machines. And just a fun fact, I mean, um, Agreco globally, Agreco is the largest purchaser of industrial Cummins engines in the world. Really? Yeah. I did not so, know that. So um, out of our manufacturing facility in Dumbarton, Scotland, we, we run a lot of Cummins engines through there. So as we're building our fleet and, uh, and we're working really closely with those guys to make sure that we have Tier 4 capabilities uh, as we move forward. 
Well, David, we've talked a lot about power automation, and now I guess my my question is, tell me a little bit about how this power automation actually lowers mm-hmm. admissions and um, and how it's being utilized. Right. So for us, the engineering of a power automation system comes in a different, a uh, couple of different um, varieties. So one is utilizing uh, generators, either diesel or natural gas generators, in conjunction with batteries. So we're transitioning between battery power and generator power based on a demand curve. Um, And then the other is utilizing technology to automatically start and stop a variety of generators based on load demand. And in both of those cases, um, we're positively impacting emissions because we're taking uh, engines offline. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, think about a 300 kW sitting on a site running 24 hours a day, and you really only need the capacity of that unit for eight hours out of that 24 hours a day, right? So you're just burning diesel fuel and emitting emissions into the atmosphere for no reason whatsoever. Doesn't sound good. So if you can stop that unit from running and go to an alternative power source, right. you reduce the emissions. Right. Well, you also reduce the cost, too. Right. So you reduce the fuel cost. You reduce the the run cost of the machine, you reduce the maintenance cost of the machine. So anytime you can transition over to batteries, um, you're, you're, you're taking emissions uh, off the table. The other thing with where you have multiple generators and you can start and stop based on load demand is, as an example, let's take that 300 kW system. Instead of putting a single 300 kW on site, let's put three 100 kWs on site. And based on what the need of the power is, we will start and stop any of those three generators uh, at any given time. So if you need 200 kW, you just run two. If you need 100 kW, you need one. And when you need three, all three start up and come online. So you're able to control the output of the emissions based on starting and stopping based on what the demand is. Now, in order to capture all of that information, you have to have some type of technology that gives you real horsepower used in real time. So that's where a remote monitoring system comes into play to where on a daily basis or a monthly basis or a weekly basis, you can download real power demand curves and match them with the actual capacity you had online. So when a producer has to report out the emissions that they're using, uh, we're able to couple that type of feature with the power automation. So you get the efficiency in real time in an actuality on the site, and then through a remote monitoring system, you can actually report to it and prove it. That is amazing. It just seems like this oil and gas industry just keeps getting smarter and smarter and efficient and efficient. And I keep saying that because I think it's important that that we all understand we have a totally wrong belief and perception about what's really going on in oil and gas. And it brings me back to um, the conference that happens in Vegas every year. And you just kind of look out there and you realize none of these technologies would be here if it wasn't oil and gas. Right. And and here we are with more technology coming out through Agreco. So when we get back, I want to get back on the topic of power automation. But right now we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to an oil patch radio show and we'll be right back. 
American Wounded Heroes invites you to participate in our 11th annual golf classic on August 6th, hosted at the Dominion Country Club at One Dominion Drive in San Antonio, Texas. The mission of the American Wounded Heroes Golf Classic is to significantly enhance and brighten the lives of our American Wounded Heroes and first responders. So come play some golf with us. You can participate as a golfer or sponsor a hero for $150 per person. Multiple corporate sponsorships are still available, but they're selling out fast. So please visit AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com. Again, that's AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com for more details. You can also contact J.D. Damien at 210-381-7492. Again, that's 210-381-7492. I'm Kim Pilato, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show and president of Future of the Region South Texas. And I'd like to encourage you to join me on September 12th through the 14th at the Texas A&M International University in Laredo, Texas at the Student Center, where we will be discussing some of the most important regional topics for South Texas. We encourage you to join us September 12th through the 14th in beautiful Laredo, Texas at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. To learn more about this amazing organization or to purchase a ticket to attend the event, please visit futureregionstx.org. Again, that's futureregionstx.org. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickert, the head of oil and gas for the Americas for Greco. David, we've been talking about power automation in the oil and gas industry. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about um, how the EMPs, uh, oil and gas companies, are utilizing uh, the technology. Um, but I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the um, disposal wells that you guys are utilizing and your rod pumps with the same kind of power technology. Right, right. So a um, couple of applications to expand out this a little bit. So everybody, everyone has seen the uh, the rod pumps operating on the side of the road as you, you know, the pump jacks that, right. that, are, that are lifting the oil from the ground, uh, you know, your typical look at an oil field when you ride by. So... As, as those fields begin to mature, those rod pumps operate um, intermittently throughout the day. Uh, so they may operate six hours a day. Some of them operate 24, but there's some of them that, that don't. Right. And when you're in a field that they have no power, uh, typically you'll put a generator on one of these rod pumps, and, and typically it's, it's fairly small, 200 kW or less on this rod pump. And so you have the same type of situation. Uh, the rod pump runs for eight hours a day or six hours a day or 10 hours a day. But the rest of the time, there's really no power needed. You just need like very, you know, the, the, the amount of power that it takes to run a light bulb to, uh, to power the controls of it. But yet you have this generator that runs all day long and just sits at that rod pump and operates and it's only loaded half the time. Wow. That's energy. So we take uh, this power automation, these battery systems, and and we put the generator with the battery system on site. And, uh, you know, when the pump jack needs to operate, uh, through controls and integration of controls, generator starts up, we operate. And uh, when it doesn't need to operate, everything stops, and the controls are run off of a battery system. On an average, how how many of these... uh 
pump jacks that are operating actually have and utilize mm-hmm. this newer technology right. versus the old? What would you say the average is? Well, I mean, for us, with what we utilize, we have hundreds of those systems out operating in any given shell play on any given day uh, because uh, it's something, it's, it's, it's an application that's beginning to catch on. Right. And uh, uh, there's real tangible benefit in a lot of areas and it's really easily adaptable. So um, it depends on how mature the field is, and it depends on um, you know how the oil gathering is happening underground. But this is something that can be deployed very fast, and uh, so we have quite a many, quite a, quite a, quite a number of these operating. Um, you had talked about saltwater disposal sites, so. Saltwater disposal sites are the same way. So you, as you're driving through the oil field, you come across these huge tank batteries that um, as, as oil is being lifted from the ground, water comes with it, and that water has to be disposed of, right. and generally that water is injected back into a disposal well back down into the earth. So you have these saltwater disposal sites that these big tanks, these trucks come in, and they offload this, this salt water, and it fills these tanks, and there's these large horsepower jet pumps that will start up periodically across the day and re-inject at very high pressure, re-inject the salt water back down into the earth. Same type of application. The power that's needed is, the, the, the main power for that site is these big injection pumps. When they're not running, the power is minimal. So generally, when you don't have utility power at these sites, you ride by and there's these big, large containerized diesel generators sitting there. And, um, you know, these pumps uh, take 1.5 megawatt to operate in some cases, which is a big 40-foot containerized generator. But if the pump's not operating, you only need 30 kW or so on the site to operate. So you've got this big, massive generator that runs. It's not, not needing any power. So you're consuming all this diesel fuel, uh, you're emitting all these emissions, and you're running through all this cost when if you had a battery system you could transition to and run for that length of time, you shut that big machine down. And we do that on saltwater disposal sites as well. Once again, how much of uh, what do you see utilized uh, in any of the shell plays? How much of your technology is being utilized? Or how much further do we need to go in helping these right. industries move to this new technology? I, I, I think the big challenge for us is just kind of getting the word out. You know, it's understanding the art of the possible, and it's really understanding the way it's done today isn't the necessarily the only way mm-hmm. that or the best practice or the best practice. So it's just really getting the word out, and um, uh, every time you try to change something, there's a bit of a, a animosity to do that because it's like, well, is this going to be as reliable as what we do today? And you know, this is the way it's always been done. Why don't we continue doing it this way? And what we ask for is just let's have an open mind. And um, there's enough proof on a lot of these technologies that we're talking about is that they're real, they're viable, they're reliable, they work, and they produce results. So the big reason a lot of this is not being used today is just because, one, people don't know about it. And the second is you kind of have to have an open mind and think differently and be adaptable to change and away you go. Well, I think also if these different types of areas, the disposal well and the uh, rod pumps, if the um, companies, um, the decision makers, uh, or in the case of the, uh, the pump jack, um, understood the cost savings alone, 
um, with why would you not want to do this? So once, you know, they hear about this technology, uh, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out, right. you know, you need to be moving to this because it's it's a cost savings. Right. And there's not a lot of profit right now at $60 on any for anyone out right. there uh, in right. our oil patches. So, David, with that, we do have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to get on a, the discussion of what's evolving here in the future with the Greco and what do you see happening in the energy sector. And we'll be right back with more in the Oil Patch Radio Show. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And we're back. Our guest today is David Dickert with Agreco. David, before the break, we were discussing how new technology coming online, power automation, is really helping in the areas of the disposal wells and the rod pumps. But now I really, I'm interested in understanding uh, if you're, can you tell me what you see coming in the future with the industry? Um, what new technologies can we look forward to coming on board with? Right. So we can definitely see the industry shifting into the direction of alternative fuels, which we've already talked about, natural right. gas, and utilization of batteries um, and solar to, to bring more efficiency. And the, um, the benefit of Greco is, you know, earlier in one of the segments we were talking about how a lot of the lessons learned that we have here in North America transitions into other countries and we're able to, to take that. Right. Well, um, one of the things that Agreco is working on right now on a global scale is how do we take this stored energy concept and scale it larger? So today we're talking about utilization of batteries on relatively small scales of power need, right? In instrumentation power, um, little small 10 kW power loads such as that. What we're currently working on today is how do we scale that up into a very large capacity? So instead of uh, saying that we're limited for control power, say a rod pump, uh, think forward of saying that a megawatt or two megawatts of battery storage capability to be on site to where, the, where we have large scale power that we can operate that scale over uh, 24 hour periods of time or eight hour periods through of time. A battery. Through a battery. Um, and that battery is recharged with either solar power, utility power, or generator power with natural gas that's on site. So, so that's currently in somewhat of a development stage right now. And Agreco recently acquired a, a, a really uh, great company uh, called Unicos that uh, is an expert in battery development and integration software uh, for battery to utility, battery to generator. Uh, so those guys are really, really helping us change the footprint of that. And, you know, on the global side of Agreco, 
Um, in our power solutions division, you know, we were talking about microgrids here in, uh, in oil and gas. That's really small scale for us. When we get into our power solutions business globally, we operate um, upwards of 300, 400, 500 megawatt power sites to where we become utilities in different countries. And it's this power automation, this battery technology that we're going to be coupling to that large scale power solution. And we're going to be a net beneficiary of that, say, in oil and gas. Uh, we'll be a net beneficiary of that learning and that development that we can bring that into the oil and gas space to where we can utilize that, you know, 500 kW, 1 megawatt type battery system. That's in the future. It's not available now, but we're under development for that. And uh, we could see that here in the near future. That is just amazing to think about this new technology coming on and how it's being utilized. I think when I when when I think about all of the industry's challenges and there's so much misinformation out there that is fed to to us on how bad oil and gas is and then you you hear the like the six series that we will complete to understand that oil and gas is actually very intertwined with with a lot of these renewables and they're utilizing them and it almost looks like at some point maybe in the near future They'll really be working very well together um, to produce uh, oil and gas. And, of course, with companies like Greco bringing on these new technologies and leading the way, not just for the United States, David, but also for other countries right. that yeah, there's, you know, you, when I think about how many countries just do not have access to simple uh, basic utilities or water, and we every day just wake up and it, it's just a given that you can turn on your lights and um, mm-hmm. provided you pay your, your utility bill, of course. But you have access, we have access to utilities and, and clean drinking water and there's countries that do not. And so as you guys bring on these, these new technologies and, and trying to wrap my mind around that now this, this is going to be utilized in the way of batteries. It's, it's interesting. It's exciting to think that these are going to be great technologies that are going to come in and not only help in efficiencies and, again, of course, the environment, but I think it will also have a huge ability to save lives as well in these countries. And then, of course, you utilize it back in uh, in the oil and gas sector. So anything else that's coming on you for Agreco in this area? Because uh, I'm assuming you guys have been able to help a lot of companies uh, become more energy efficient, but uh, is there anything else that's coming online? Yeah, we've got a number of, um, of, of new product designs when the, in the alternative fuel range uh, that's going to be coming uh, together as well, and more on that global footprint uh, for you know uh, power limitations in other countries that you were talking about. Uh, so you know we we develop uh, specific applications and technologies for the oil and gas industry that scale out and help other countries. And then on the flip side, because we're global, we have that in reverse. So we're developing technologies and, and different different items like these large-scale battery systems that uh, will transition over into oil and gas. So it's a good complement because we operate in all sectors on a global basis. We're able to complement one another. And because we work so closely with customers that work on a global basis, it, we, it, we have a, a, a large-scale engineering and idea exchange between the two of us. So, um, good definitely, things, good things. Definitely visionaries and uh, 
by the way, I want to say congratulations because you guys won the STEER, which is South Texas Energy Economic Roundtable's Eagle Ford Excellence Awards, specifically in this area of power automation. So mm-hmm. kudos to you guys and great job. Right. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, I think we're the first uh, we're the first generator company to win an environmental stewardship award. So that's that's uh, we're really proud. But of But the listeners can hear why you won. <laughs> exactly. And you did win it because you deserved it. Yeah. Thank you again, David. That's all the time we have for this show. Be sure to tune in next week in which we'll have David back in the studio. David, thanks for coming in again. We look forward to seeing you next week. Okay, thank you. And that's all the time we have, but be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show or follow us on Twitter at Shell Mag. If you are interested in keeping up with in the oil patch radio show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www dot shellmag.com again that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com and sign up for our free newsletter that is going to wrap up another great show we'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews until then adios in the oil patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil gas business and in your community Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.